listening to the voice of Howard Stern. Hello, you rotten little butt sucker. This is Alice Cooper. Hey, this is Justin from NSYNC. This is Rodney Dangerfield. Uh, hey, baby. Elders look gay. Hi, this is Jack. Just back up from the border for a short visit. You know what I'm talking about, pal? Hi there and welcome to another edition of The Horse's Mouth. You're in The Horse's Mouth and my name is John Teague. Whoever you are out there in the wide world, thank you so much for lending me your ears. Um, I'm really apologetic. This podcast was supposed to be out this morning, being Monday, the... What even date is it? The 16th. Um, it's going to be Tuesday the 17th. Uh, and... Yeah, I um, I got smacked around by the COVID finally. Uh, got that one and it really put me on my back. It really blew last week out of the water completely, blew me out of the water completely. I was um, down for the count, struggling. Um, yeah, I didn't think it would have such a profound effect on me and it did. So so there you go, that happened. Um, today so I'm back on board, but it really did put me down for a good you know five, six days. Um, anyway, look, I think we're all going to have it or had it or, and it's affecting everyone so differently. And, you know, like if it's, you know, you got through just a few sniffles, <laughs> I am a little envious and, you know, and if you got slapped around like I did, uh, I feel for you. So, um, now, um, my, my guest that you will listen to, uh, her name is Molly Langley. Now I met Molly um, and her good friend Freya on a surf trip that I was on recently and they were uh, on and it was the surf trip that I was on was a small part of a big trip that they were doing and they as I got to know them and find out like the travels that they have had um, how old they are you know to be doing such a trip where they were off to you know um and, and more that I got to know Molly and what she'd done with her life in a very short time, I, I was just so impressed. And I just thought, look, you've got to come into the horse's mouth and have a chat to me because, uh, you know, I'm, I was inspired. I'm inspired by Molly. I'm inspired by people who are out there doing it, you know. Um, whether, you know, on, the, out there doing it can mean anything. It really can. It doesn't have to, you know, show itself in a financial way. It can show itself in, in so many ways from travel, from doing things for others, from just, you know, living life, whatever that looks like to you. And, 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 and some, you know, I'm not always inspired by everybody's journey. You know, we take inspiration. We all take inspiration from different places. And, but when I met Molly and found out what she'd done in a very short time, she's only turned 21 uh, I was just so impressed so without waffling on too much I'll, I'll let the podcast divulge what Molly has been up to in her short time on earth um, yeah and I look forward to seeing where the rest of Molly's life goes because if she's done this much by the time she's 21 you know sky's the limit um, I hope you enjoy my chat with Molly. I really enjoyed having her over. Molly, thank you. Ma Molly and Freya, wherever you are on your travels, I uh, hope this finds you both smiling and laughing and having a great time, getting waves and being your usual selves. You okay, I'll see you on the other side. Wow, wait till you hear two hours of crap. A complete and total farfarama. Your parents are big travellers. Yeah, definitely really big travellers. That's their philosophy. Like travelling is education and travelling is like one of the most important things you can do in life. So did, did they have the opportunity to travel when they were young or when did they adapt? Yeah, mum did what we're doing now, like a lot of travelling from such a young age and just exploring. And then she just thought this is always going to be something that I will do with my children. So did she do like get a van and drive around Australia when she was? No, hers was always like overseas to all different countries and just to like a place that you couldn't even think of. And she'd be like, mom, I'm going here. And, you know, her theory was no news is good news yeah. back when there wasn't even phones. And, you know, she'd take off and do that. And then, yeah, go from there. And how did your parents meet? Um, they met in Fiji, which is funny now that mm -hmm. Fiji's where I spend a lot of time. And yeah. And were they both just holidaying? No, actually, can I 
go again they were next door neighbors and they didn't even know each other really when they were really young like grew up I think like high school and primary school they're next door neighbors and then it wasn't until later in life that they met and they were like ah but did they know each other from those early days or was it just like I used to live here I used to live here it sort of could be like um like they would have had to say this is where I was living and then like they recognized that they were living next door to each other oh my god pretty serendipitous yeah yeah that's cool and what was your dad doing in Fiji at the time I think traveling just traveling yeah does he surf no he doesn't oh he did surf but not like big not like yeah. what we do he wasn't chasing cloud break no <laughs> no. <laughs> no he was definitely not yeah. yeah and okay so you've always had this traveling ethos and now this is all what you remember from being super young and then when you went back to school as a young as a, you know and you go to primary school and you talk to your friends you probably had experiences that a lot of them wouldn't have had. Yeah, definitely. And I think that was a positive and I was very lucky to have that. But I know going into the later years of high school, it was like I was sitting there struggling to not like scream at the person next to me and go, how lucky are we to sit here and be educated in a lot of places free in Australia to have an education. So it was, it was definitely a benefit for me to go, wow, I have this in front of me. I'm going to make the most of it. But then I was also like shaking the person next to me, like, come on, we got this. Let's do it. Like, yeah. God, you would have been annoying. <laughs> I would, but it wasn't always like that. Like I can remember, I can remember my younger years. I was like trying to, you know, go in the front gate and get out straight away. Like I didn't want to be there. So it wasn't until I really had the experiences in Fiji that I was then like, wow, this is it. This is what we've got to do. So yeah. you saw from the way Fiji was being run and how kids over there were struggling with education that you came home and realized how privileged you were to be able to have an education? Yeah, definitely that. And just privileged privileged in all aspects of our life, I think we, we definitely are. Yeah. Can you want to expand on that a little bit? Yeah, for sure. So I remember seeing, um, I was 16 at the time when I first went over, and I remember seeing 16-year-old girls exactly like me. There's no difference between us except that I had the privilege of being born in Australia. There's these girls exactly the same, just their lives were flipped upside down. No roof over their head, no shoes on their feet, no food, no education. And I think a big thing for me is like um, their culture um, and their customs and their law is a lot different to us, so they just weren't living safely um you know like we are well i think yeah i'm very privileged in that aspect do you mean like they never knew where they were sleeping night to night or they didn't like there was predator men yeah or definitely all of the above, all of the above and i think a big thing with the girls I work with is that um, there's less value on the lives of women and their rights in that there is a lot of sexual assault and violence and, you know, everything you can think of um, that is going on um, unnoticed, unpunished. Yeah. Unfortunately, that kind of thing. And a lot of the men, what's that thing that they all chew? Is there a thing that they... Like their drug? Their kava. Kava? Yeah. Is it, did yeah. you notice that? Yeah. It's a big thing. It's like a celebratory thing um, over there to have kava, and it's very accessible. Um, yeah. But it's a real problem, isn't it? Like people don't just use it as a celebratory thing. Yeah. It's like they people who are hooked on it. Yeah. Is that right? Um, I think, yeah, people are definitely hooked on it. But now I think alcohol has been introduced, um, you know, everything else that we now have in the western world has been introduced so i don't know how you balance that all up i think everything's a problem but maybe a problem here in australia as well yeah so all right going back then and then at school so you were obviously really hell-bent on education and it was working for you what were your like um at school what did you excel at what were your strong points yeah well like i said before i excelled at nothing i was like bottom of my classes and i think it's all about how much effort you want to put in you get out so once i made that flip and decided you know i'm going to make the most of this then um i really put my head to it and then i think coming out of it i was really interested in the law and the legal system so i just did all subjects that led me to going to uni in that aspect so what um you know, I, I know from my own thing, like when and what sort of things 
have shaped me to go on in this creative jaunt even what what things was it seeing the injustices or things that you saw in Fiji or in your travels that made you want to go into the law what what was that yeah I actually I would say the thing that changed me the most was I had a school teacher she was amazing and she said to me Molly you can keep going back and forward to Fiji and being out there and her theory was like you can keep digging the well or you can educate yourself enough that you can make change from the top so that was her theory you know either keep doing what you're doing or educate yourself enough that you can go and make change which the legal system is something that you know needs a lot of change and just even educating girls and women on their rights um legal and not legal is is like a powerful tool Mm. and um so leaving school because you've crammed a lot in in a really short time (laughs) (laughs) um have your parents they're they're obviously really switched on and have they like i just can't get over the things that you've done by how old are you 21 it's amazing and like you've achieved more things in a short amount of time than most people achieve in a long time you're aware of that i'm sure no doubt (laughs) and so leaving school was it all your own did you go straight into uni yeah, I got really lucky um, with uni. Um, when you graduate with, I think we call it ATAR in New South Wales. Um, when you graduate with a high enough ATAR, um, I was in the top three in our state. And then they offered to for you to go to uni and choose what degree you would like to do at their uni. And then they actually pay you to come and study. So I got very, very, very lucky um, with my uni experience and then I was able to do it all online and then do a lot of it from Fiji and all different places in the world. So is this through, you've done most of it through COVID? Um, yes, through 2018 to, to, to 2021, no, 2019, 2021. Yeah. What, when did COVID kick in? End of 2019? Yeah. Start of 2020? Yeah. What a weird bit of time. Um, okay, so you, you spent that three years studying. I'm just trying to get a grasp of it. Now, I know this is materialistic stuff, but yeah, I know you, you bought three houses and you did that from, like, it's just, it blows my mind how, how, what a jet you are and like being able to accomplish a lot in a short amount of time. Did your parents help plant the seeds to um like back yourself in on these certain things because me i remember my <laughs> mum when i was very young was like you should buy this house and it was in jack and it was really cheap and i was like no way nothing's tying me down i just want to travel and she's like come on john john just yeah. <laughs> and i was like no i'm going traveling i don't want to be tied to anything Uh, Okay, I see your theory now. I was actually thinking the opposite way to you. So my theory was if you get in and work hard while you are younger, like I think, like you say, I crammed it into that three years and now we're traveling Australia. But if you get it done as quickly as possible, you got it out of the way. So like uni degree out of the way. I have been very lucky to buy three investment properties, which it's all out of the way. And now we're... You know, we're living the dream, traveling Australia. It is, it is a mind boggle. So um, you've gone through uni. Was uni hard? Yes, uni was definitely hard. But I think the whole time I was thinking, how lucky am I to be doing this? And this is where it's going to get me and what I'm going to be able to do with my degree to help others. But definitely hard. Don't get me wrong. Definitely hard. A lot of, I remember being 18 and I would go out to birthdays or whatever and get home at 12 o'clock at night and study. Like that was my reward. If I was allowed to go out, get home 12 o'clock and study into the early hours of the morning. Yeah, it was wild. (laughs) I mean, if you're listening, so I'm just going to just give you some backstory here. I've just recently been on a surf trip and I met... (laughs) Molly and Freya on the surf trip and they're like I'm a little bit like stuff I, I can be a little bit like grumpy no <laughs> I don't know grumpy is completely the wrong word but like I, 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 I think that you had to be sensible you had so much on no I know but like I think sometimes I get a little like nah you know it's you, quiet time it's quiet time you know I don't know like and you, you guys brought 
such a spark of what you're just saying now of yes um positivity that i hadn't seen in ages and i was like oh my god i i want to adapt more positivity into my life rather than it's very easy to be negative on a certain any sort of situation right yeah and it's a choice it is a choice it's all a choice it's all a choice and i honestly had not that i'd forgotten but just spending time with you guys and seeing how you guys worked within the group dynamic and seeing the positivity it was it really turned the trip around. Not that it was a bad trip, but it would have, you know what I mean? Anyway, I'm, no, you don't know what I mean because you're naturally like that. And I can see that's the attitude that you have adapted into your studies. You reward yourself, get home from a party and do some study. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> and if anyone's listening along and doesn't know who's on the other end, we have John John, surf, forecast, cross-examine extraordinaire <laughs> here on the mm. other end. Mm. <laughs> yeah, so um, <laughs> you, now how many times have you been to Fiji in your life? Um, I'm up to seven. Seven times. Since 16 years old. And that's including COVID in there. <laughs> yeah. And so the first time you went with your parents? Yeah, I actually went with my mum. Yeah. Um, sort of had to try and drag her along with me on that one. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it went for Had her. to drag your mum along. I thought she would have jumped on it. Oh, she would have. But to give you a backstory to that, we were in year nine or ten and you go on like... I don't know if you can remember doing it, but you go on an excursion to visit universities and it's like a thousand dollar excursion from New South Wales to like Canberra and you go to all the worlds and parks. And I remember saying, I don't want to do this. If I can find, if I can make an itinerary of an overseas trip that comes in that thousand dollar budget, will you come with me? And Fiji was close and it's a cheap trip. And then um, I got in contact with someone to come and, have a try at volunteering and seeing some schools and you know dragged mum along to do all this with me and um then that's how the Fiji project started just from meeting some young girls who needed help and then I just made it I made a promise and made it my mission to help from the very first trip from the very first trip so which it was, was not instead planned. of going to the university on the thousand dollars you went to Fiji with your mum yeah met some girls and started is that the name of it? The Fiji, Fiji Project. Project. Yeah. Okay. So, when you met the girls, what what was going on for those girls? Um, so I met girls when I was in a school, and they. Like, sorry, another question. Yes. Sort of like a high school, primary school. So they all go together in Fiji because the schools are so small. They're in such rural and remote villages and the schools are not what you're imagining mm. or you could be imagining, but not like here in Australia. Very, very basic. And I remember going over and the woman I was going to volunteer with her program, she said, bring as much as you can, bring toothbrush, bring toothpaste, bring pencils, bring pens, anything you can gather. So before I went over, I think I gathered about 70 kilos worth of resources, not knowing what I was going. 70 kilos? Yeah. That's heaps. I know. Imagine all the excess baggage I was taking. Um, And I just was thinking, why do these kids need this? Like, who doesn't have a toothbrush? Like, that was my naive mind. And then I got over there and everything was spread evenly. There was, if you can imagine, 18-year-old boys lining up for, like, a packet of pencils like it was an iPhone here in Australia like it was amazing it was so humbling to see and then I was doing some group work and stumbled across some girls and I had spent a couple of days with them and then I think they saw me as help um and they reached out just saying well one girl in particular saying she's in danger and she needs help she needs a safe place to live she needs to get out of her village and from there that's where I made a promise and then so what was happening for her um, she was a victim of violence and sexual assault in her home and in her village. So it works a little bit backwards there in that um, her sort of tribe leader is the best way to describe it. Was assault- Chief. Chief, yeah, mm. was um, assaulting her. And it was Sexually? known, yep, it was known oh, about God. to everyone. And she is not the victim in their culture. They see her as the problem. So she was getting pushed away from her family as a 16-year-old girl with nowhere to live, nowhere to go. 
so then from there um helping her getting her into a safe um home and so a treasure house set up which is our orphanage and so she's now so hold on back it up back it up so she's come to you and she's told you that she's got this wing of problems and that's heartbreaking to hear yeah and you went it's my obligation to somehow you didn't understand what you were going to do but you're like i need to help i was just 16 myself so i'm standing here with someone just like me like i was explaining and i was heartbroken thinking i was naive to think this is not happening and then um from there we just connected with other services um i was really lucky the other woman running the organization was able to point me in the right direction and sort of said you're on your own but this is where to go and then so we got start off with just getting this first girl into an orphanage which is was it so the orphanage was already established already established but very very poorly run almost going backwards sort of just acting as like a building for young people which there was I think three or four people in it at the time. And it was and just who like was facilitating a, it. Like, well, it was just like a family set up. It was run, Fijians do an amazing job at looking after themselves, but it was just run um, sort of by a family. It was run, getting run down. So we have worked to build that up. So got, got her in there first. Sorry, I'll go back. Hmm. And then from there, more young people have come up needing a safe place to go into. So that's how we're facilitating young people that need help through the schools into the treasure house. Yep. How how does the community and chieftains, (laughs) what's that from chieftain? Chieftain. Um, Oh, Norseman. The TV show. It's so funny. It's educating you. Uh, How do they feel about you? Um, so how do they feel about the treasure house overall grateful, but so families know that they'll be, they're putting their young person into a safe place. Isn't it wild that they can't protect their young person? Like that's just, that's what I'm saying. The laws, yeah. it's not even laws. It's there. It's they're going tr- off customary yeah, law. Yeah. 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 yeah it's mind boggling, it. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so then into the treasure house and then, um, so they're, they're welcome to go home whenever they can, whenever they like, or sometimes you facilitate a meet up in other ways. Um, but a lot of young people are living like four hours away from their hometown, um, at the treasure house. So from Nandy to Suva. Okay. So you've got one girl into the orphanage yeah, and then you realize there's not the infrastructure or the, is this, tell me yeah. if I'm off. Yeah. Yep. So then the next stage is to build it up. So, um, anything from we've bought them a minivan to get them to and from school doctor's appointments and then just putting money in for basic like renovations building it up and then food water essential supplies i guess anything you can think of yeah bedding um anything you can think of that you'd need for a normal house to do it up and then the continual money to sustain food and water and essential items so we have companies i think i was explaining this to you like for example cortex which is a woman's sanitary company they will donate all their end of year stock or unused stock to go to the treasure house and then also to be taken around to schools Where, where are they situated Cortex, are they Australian? Australian they? company, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. That's so you got backing now from yeah. people, yeah, yeah. Um, and then also, so how I was saying, a big thing is educating women and girls on their rights. So we'll go around into schools and do little mini workshops with all their female students and educate them on um, even just how your body works, what your rights are. Um, I don't know if this is too much to say, but in Fiji, you don't, if you, um, if it's your time of the month, you stay away, you take yourself away from your family, from anyone else around you, and you just be by yourself. It's not a culture or religious thing. It's old. It's just an old school way of thinking where women should be like protected and they should know what you know what their body's doing and what their rights are they should be able to go to school and learn and be educated it's not like a taboo thing you know we're we're women we have rights and even they don't have resources to support themselves so that's the goal to educate women in these workshops and then give them the resources that they need from there yeah and so this has been one hell of a ride from this first girl that's come yeah and then so, even we didn't think it would go to workshops. It's just like you find what is needed and then you fill that gap. 
So do you keep in touch with that girl that was the first girl? Yeah. So when I had just turned 18, so she's coming along on the like same age journey as me. Yeah. So I was starting university and then this is another thing that's popped up. I've gone, okay, she's where to now? Like 18, you've got to leave the treasure house. So we put her through a year of her choice of education and learning. So it was like upholstery and administration and hospitality. So she did all learning in a TAFE-like environment to then lead to jobs. So then from there, once she's finished her learning, we gave her a micro loan to start her own business. She ended up starting up like a canteen cafe from there. So she's done the full cycle and back with her family. So it's and how's amazing. the canteen cafe going? Yeah, amazing. That's her. That's like that's her, her sustaining her, her life yeah. now. Yeah. Oh my yeah. god, I just cannot believe this. So that you've had to find staff to work in the treasure house. Yeah. So we have one beautiful lady, Miller. She's an angel, and she actually runs the whole treasure house. She has her own four kids, but now has twenty-eight kids. She says, um, and she just has devoted her whole life, even gone and done a university degree in psychology not for the purpose of earning a single cent but to give back to the kids at the treasure house to help understand what they're going through and what they're how to deal with them how amazing is that i just cannot believe this (laughs) like it's mind-boggling she's the most amazing woman ever so yeah and so now what what are we 2016 so what coming up to six years you've been doing helping facilitate this have you got um how many people are in there now um currently there's 18 kids in living in the treasure house yeah. but then we have our girls that have finished as well and do you have an outreach program for the girls who are finished yeah so it's just continual um like back and forward communication and monitoring yeah. and then everyone just for easter we had just f- given all the finance to bring everyone home for a big Easter celebration and time together, like everyone back to the treasure house. That was really nice. Oh, it's unbelievable. This must fill you with a fair bit of like uh, good karma and good feelings. Yeah, it's amazing. I feel like you. we were talking about in King Island what's everyone's um, one piece of life advice. And I think the thing that I always like repeat and the thing I live off is like um, when you have food and water over your head and everything you need then it's your turn to give back like I think that's my life theory we all have everything that we want and need most of us and then what's the next thing after that it's your turn to give back or it's your turn to do something to give back and is this just in your inherent nature has someone like helped guide you to this higher way of living because i don't know if you've noticed the western ethos that's happening around us is like no one ever has enough you know it's just take take and there are a lot of beautiful giving people out there but it's like you don't have to look far to see not what you're talking about yeah um so who who has been influential in your thinking on this capacity no 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 it's definitely not in me I think there's been so many influential people and I would say to go off on a side note Mm. um I got the opportunity to go to Women Deliver in Canada which is like the world's largest women's rights conference and there was some amazing people talking about what they do similar to what I do on like a massive massive scale and I think that further like lighted lit a fire in me to go Whoa. How old were you when you went to that? I was 18 when I was invited. You already started the um, Fijian thing. Yeah, so I, to give you this backstory to that, I was in a field working one day in Fiji and a woman came up to me who runs Women Deliver, so the Fiji representative, and she said, we would like you to apply to come to this. So thousands and thousands of people apply. And I was one of three Australians that got the scholarship to come over to this event. And it's 8,000 people, women and men. Um, but the theme of the event um, is women's rights and, you know, what's happening in the world to enhance women's rights and educate people around women's rights. And I thought I was just going over to listen to everyone speak. And then just before... I came over, they asked me if I'd like the opportunity to share the Fiji project with all 9,000 people. So oh I remember God. being this tiny little girl getting up on the stage. There was like um, the prime minister, the 
Canadian president or prime minister there and all these I amazing prime people, your prime minister. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just this little tiny girl sharing like my heart Try and my it. passion about the project. Yeah, 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 yeah. Him and his wife. Yeah, yeah. You met Trudeau? Well, not personally, but like and we've been there. in a, yeah, yeah. In group Holy setting. Smokes. Yeah, so I that, was very lucky. Did to that traction that. help anyway with, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, so then from this event, I was invited to come and be part of the Youth Advisory Council for the international group, which is Dove. So they have a working group, so Dove, you know, body soaps and that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, I know Dove. Their offset is also they do amazing stuff around the rights of children and young people. Do so, they? Yeah. Oh. You'll have to have a little look into it. Mm. Um, invited to work on their Youth Advisory Council and just further do all pro like work on developing programs that they roll out for children and young people. Yeah, all just children and young people in need. Mm. Yeah, that's really amazing. And so when is your next trip back to Fiji? Hopefully very, very soon. I've got, so I'm here at the moment, but I've got a group going back in May, um, a group from home going to Fiji in May, a group of girls. Who are um, going to do some work? Yeah, they're going to do some work, go to the treasure house and just take a whole load of resources over. So normally all throughout COVID, we were sending shipping containers full of resources. So anything from like laptops and computers. Um, and then, so that's in, we work with a lot of organizations at home. Um, so like rotary clubs. Yeah. Do you guys have them here? And then, so like RSL clubs yeah. in our local town will do, often donate a lot of money, which is amazing, like grants. They give grants to the Fiji Project. Yeah. And then, um, so we'll send shipping containers full of our sporting clubs. We'll do a, I'll do a call out and they'll we'll fill a shipping container with boots and jerseys and like fresh socks and jumpers and then that will then go out to more schools now that we're going to and it will be their school uniform so i get over there and like i don't know if you know like when numbaka heads is but they'll have like numbaka heads football as their school <laughs> uniform and they've all got numbers on but they don't know they don't care yeah, this yeah, is a, yeah. this is clothes for them this yeah. is school uniform it's amazing to see it's really, really cool and so you get people i'm saying and so a lot um you get people donating through goodwill, like stuff that they don't want around their house or, or, or how does that work? Um, I put, this is a story that I was like very grateful for everyone contributing. I put one post up on the Fiji Project's Facebook saying I need boots, joggers, jumpers, shirts, and I thought I'd reach out to clubs clubs and sporting clubs there was everywhere from like narrabeen which is quite a few hours from us sending down brand new jerseys like whole team worth of jerseys like hundreds of pairs of socks to fill this shipping container our local club was amazing like everyone bringing it but i was expecting secondhand goods which would still be so amazing mm. all these brand new goods to be sent over to be used as school uniforms we got um netball dresses and shoes for the our netball team at the school in Fiji who played barefoot. We got them into dresses and shoes. They ended up winning the Fiji competition, netball competition, like the whole statewide. Like the, I know, amazing, hey, it's so beautiful to see. And then to send that back to the netball club and kids and go, this is what you did, I feel like that is really amazing for kids to see how easily they can contribute to something greater and we're just the middleman just getting it there they these kids these local kids have actually done that themselves yeah yeah but you are fueling the fire <laughs> <laughs> and it's like incredible it makes me like wonder what the fuck i'm doing in my own no, life no you don't hey so you're extraordinary you're doing amazing <laughs> <laughs> thanks but um so who else did your mum help yeah definitely yeah. they my family are like the foundation of everything I do without them it wouldn't be possible and I think I was explaining this to you um when you said did they give me like the push in the right direction I will go to them with a crazy idea like you know I'm gonna start the Fiji project I'm gonna open up I'm 16 17 and I'm gonna like re-get this orphanage going and 
mum, she's amazing. She'd be like, yes, Molly, you can do this. Like nothing's stopping you. She's like the per- so much positivity. And then dad is like a realist. He'll be like, okay, how are you doing it? What are the numbers? Like, how are you actually making this possible? So it's a perfect combination. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it sounds like it's working a treat. So amazing. So and amazing. Did you say you've got a brother? Yeah. One? Do you have a brother? Yep. Nelson, my little brother. And how old's Nelson? He is just 18. And is he helping? Oh, he's amazing. He actually came over on my last... So I run tours over with kids from local schools. So you take kids from Numbucker Heads... Yeah. To Fiji? Yeah, not steal them. I, like, facilitate... Oh, you put them in the shipping container (laughs) and you ship them off to Treasure House. No, no. So I've actually started a company called Nalu Tours, which is, like, a cross-cultural educational tour. It's called tour. I don't really like that word, but it's just an opportunity to go and volunteer um, because we need as many hands as we can at the Treasure House and in the schools. So whenever we have a big project to do, I'll line it up with me bringing over a tour um, of groups of kids that just want to see and help out and then you know we always finish it off with like surfing on the coral coast before we come home it's like a little relax before they come home so he came over on the last trip with me and he did so amazing but i've seen him in this environment so many times before like in burma and Myanmar, um that i was explaining and he just like flourishes with can you him. tell me about that again that yes. was in yeah go on <laughs> of but, course yeah. so i said um my parents always take us to crazy places to travel so one year a couple years back we all headed over to Burma Mm. and Myanmar um, in the middle of a civil war and we got there and we headed straight yep how long ago (laughs) um three years ago so that was when what was her name the prep the the lady that was in church yeah she was like became like a dictator yeah is that what I'm talking about I think so yes it was just the country was in a bad bad way I know her name um I'm pretty sure to her, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> I think she, she turned out to be a baddie. Yeah. Anyway, so you went over in the middle of that. Yes. I remember that. It was super crazy. Yeah. It's still going on, I think, is it not? Yeah. Anyway, yeah, yeah so you went to... Um, so we went there and we went to a place called the Thabawa Center. So it was as the center was as big as my local community at home. So 6,000 people live in this place. Very run down, like sort of like a... Like, just not very great area and you go there and you volunteer and it's all people that are homeless disabled sick elderly orphaned and they all live together and it's there's also monks that live there so we went and lived with the monks and then all day from 5 a.m in the morning we'd wake up and we'd walk barefoot for about eight k's through all the towns collecting food so all the locals would stand out there outside their house with like a bowl of rice with like small contributions from everyone in the community made a big contribution that fed all these 6,000 people every day. And Does it happen every day? Yeah, yep. Um, so then we'd wake up, we'd go so, do so that. Hold on, yeah. everyone gives you a cup of rice. Where do you put that? So you, you're this. carrying around like, big big container so you, there's like 10 of you going through like a couple of streets and another 10 go a k away and you're carrying like big silver like beautiful big pots and people will be pouring like in the middle of the day a chicken curry into like a big pot and you're taking this home and it's like sitting to the end of the day and then you're feeding it to everyone but no one gets sick they're just used to it and so <laughs> you did this with your parents and your brother yeah yep how long for? Um, we we lived there for a while. I can't tell you exact numbers, but I remember over the Christmas and New Year period, we yeah. were there. And Christmas Day, we went and bought like eight massive watermelons and chopped these watermelons up into slices. And when I gave it to everyone as Christmas presents, and that was it. That was like the only Christmas presents. I remember being shocked as a young person, like, like there's no tree? Like, you know what I mean? It was very, very humbling. And... Yeah, like we, I have no medical experience besides like lifeguarding first aid and we were doing like medical, like helping people with medical stuff, like wrapping their legs and wounds and sickness and doing physiotherapy. And yeah, it was amazing. That was, I would say like the most humbling experience of my life. That was the, the most amount of pos- poverty I've ever seen. Yeah, it was amazing. There's a lot of beautiful volunteers doing amazing stuff there. Mm-hmm. Wow, yeah, it's 
yeah the world like we are so fortunate more i'm just listening just thinking holy shit how much <laughs> just take for granted on yeah. a day to day yeah my three coffees if i don't get them <laughs> look out you know like what the fuck yes we, that's uh, it hey yeah though this is uh well it's heartwarming to know that you're doing such great things for people who are less fortunate in faraway places um kudos to you thanks john john (laughs) yeah and so where do you think it's all going like you've got what now five years before you've got to go back and practice law is that right yeah yeah um well today it's going around australia but i'm gonna come back to that but no i mean like um the treasure house and things like that just to keep it if you feel like it's still building and great and it's going to turn it's going to become more yeah you might expand somewhere else Mm. definitely one of the things that i'm working on right now um whilst being on the road is we uh, before i left i had collected all the funds over a couple of years to build a student learning center so we're just going through all the plans we have some amazing architects who are volunteering their time to look through this student le- like the building and construction of this student learning center and that will go up at Nawai Secondary School hopefully next year so that's Coral Coast of Fiji um, hopefully start of next year and just a student learning center where kids can come so often when you get home you're straight into farming helping the family looking after your younger siblings so we want a place where kids can be before and after school to focus on their education get food have a shower all the things they need to do because so student learning centers are common in Australian schools, but never seen before in Fijian schools. So that's what a is a student learning center. Uh, so student learning center will be computers, laptops, a comfortable area, like a place to study, but also a place to get food and a place to shower. So normally in Australia they don't have the shower um, option, but yeah. So that's a thing in Australia as well. The student learning center, yeah, yeah. is a thing. Like even in universities. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, unreal. So let's 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 say, have you got a website? Yeah. It was what was here. <laughs> um, if you just type in the Fiji Project dot com, it'll yeah. come up. And so that people can um, donate to various capacities, learn about more in depth what you're doing. But that was a pretty good summary. Yeah. 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 Is that what you'd say? Yeah, is on there, and also like all the Nali tours information is on there too. Ah, oh, the tours. Yeah. And so the tours goes to Fiji. Yeah. And the Coral Coast. And what waves are there? <laughs> <laughs> um, coconut break. is. I'm going to get, like, everyone from Fiji is going to be like, Shmolly, be really Shut quiet. <laughs> um, but no, there is coconuts. If you've heard of coconuts, I'd say right at the front of where we are. We're very, very lucky. Ah, uh, I see what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. And um, so you, let's let's go. Thanks for sharing all that. That's okay. Um, I feel like you're like, whoa, like how totally. do, um, <laughs> what I, do I think about? <laughs> so uh, and lifeguarding. Yeah, you've been a lifeguard in Nambucca Heads. Yes, yeah, so sort of Scotts Head area, yeah. Nambucca de Coffs. Yeah, well, I got very lucky. That's probably the best score of a job ever. Freya and I get to sit on the beach all day <laughs> and lifeguard. But definitely, there's some scary moments where you're like, think quick and help and call an ambo. But yeah, very lucky Spawn gig. Rescue. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that shows real. If you like that, that stuff's real. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 And um, and so now the story with because you guys are on this amazing trip, surf yeah. trip. Yeah. And I love that you were used to not surf. Yeah. And then what happened? And then I didn't want to sit on the beach anymore, so it was my turn to start surfing. So two years of surfing, it's been. It's been a remarkable, uh, like how good a surf you are for how short a time you've been surfing. <laughs> Oh, thank you, John John. Even though we both snapped our boards in half in oh, King Arms. So look, if we were going to break your boards, that was yes, the Yes, that was the day, it. hey. Yeah, yeah, that was pumping. But we did come home with less luggage, so we could have stocked our board bags with cheese, our spare board oh bags with God, cheese. Yeah, well, the last day wasn't such a balls up. I know. <laughs> um, now, so... You and Freya are on this journey. Yes. How long have you been on this journey for? We have been three months today. Today? Yeah. Oh, happy three months. <laughs> 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 the married couple. Yeah. 
we've lasted three months. So when did you guys concoct this idea? Um, we came up with the idea about a year before we left. We thought of it and yeah. Frey was actually starting year 12 and I had one year of uni to go. So we thought as soon as she finishes year 12 and I finish uni, we're off. And, you know, we just really wanted, we'd heard all amazing stories the about Tassie but the f- lowest we'd been was like Canberra so we came and did all of Vico did the west coast went over to Taz had a ball went over to King Island and now we're off south and west this is our our year of surfing we're very very lucky <laughs> yeah it's incredible so ne- next you're going to go and work at an oyster farm yeah in, try that out in south Oz south Oz yeah and you're going to stay there and work till and surf till um, till we fly out to Indo in July. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. Month in Indo. Month in Indo. And then back? Back to West Oz and then... So hold on, where are you going to fly from to get to Indo? Where is your Adela- car going to be? Oh, it's going to be... I a- mean, not specifically someone's <laughs> jacket. <laughs> One, two, three, Smith Street. No. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's going to be at... Uh, we're flying from Adelaide Airport. Yeah. So then you're going to come back and then fly and drive the Nullarbor. Have the Nullarbor West Coast, and then we wanted to do Mex, and then you've sold us more on Mex and next class. So Mex at the end of the year, <laughs> yeah. Um, and so you're going to do Mex, yeah. That's oh, the plan. God, sorry, <laughs> <laughs> where to go in Mex? Um, and then when you get back, so that's going to be a year, yeah. It's pretty unbelievable trip. Mm, I don't think we'll finish at a year, but I think like we're telling ourselves and our family we'll be finished in a year. But no, (laughs) I don't think we'll be finished in a year. Sorry, mum. And so then when you get back, we'll be more back into... Um, the the Fiji project. Yeah, so the Fiji project will keep going. Yeah. So it's always I can do it from my laptop from wherever. I'm really lucky that we have a team at home that can help us sort anything that needs to go over and be taken over. Yeah. And then I can fly from anywhere in Australia. Um, sort of waiting till it's safe enough to take kids back over. Um, mm. and do the tours again. That. Fiji got hit really hard with COVID and two cyclones during the middle of COVID. Mm. So they're sort of just rebuilding their community back up again at the moment. Mm. Um, and where, where, where you're looking at the Ukraine, you, do you find the Ukraine at all? Yeah, a little. Yeah. I mean, everything that you've just said then, like, it's, it, I don't know. I think I've been watching too much of it. And just seeing the humanita- on the humanitarian side of things, take the war out of it, just what's happening to citizens. It's heartbreaking, isn't it? And I think a lot of people said to me, especially from a very young age, like you're a 16-year-old girl, what can you do? A lot of people didn't take me seriously when I said like reaching out to big companies for donations and things like that. And my theory was always like, don't worry about that. If you can help one person, yeah. that's better than none. Yeah. So even when you're watching all this stuff and it's getting overwhelming, think closer to home, think to your local community, like what can I do here to help one person? You know, what can I help do to help my neighbor? Like it's all happening to make the world, like every little action will make the world a better place. Mm. I know that's thinking so small, but I think when you look at it as a big picture, it can be overwhelming. So, no, no, no. Yeah. Um, Graham Stockton, who's an amazing person who's been on in the horse's mouth before, he's a... Um, uh, well, you can't really put Graham into a basket. But he's definitely a humanitarian, <laughs> Ooh, and a, uh, that's awesome. You know, believes strongly in the taking care of the e- ecosystem of the earth and nature, and our part in it. Anyway, he always says, "Think globally, act locally." Yeah, that's it. Couldn't have said it better than Graham. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's he's amazing. A super, super smart guy. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Um, no, yeah, I know. And it, it's just it's a funny old time that we are in. But I think anyone at any time, on any time in the time on earth could say it's a funny old time. Yeah. You know? And I think I was only having this conversation with a friend the other day about how much more there, like how much terrible stuff there is happening, but how great that we're also educated on it and we're also connected and we all have so much more of an ability to do something. 
like with social media and you know the news it's like we all know about what's happening and something terrible will happen like a cyclone you know I think one went through the Philippines not long ago and then it's straight away a GoFundMe page is up and you can do your bit from home Mm. how amazing is that yeah some friends of mine lost everything they have yeah and that was it they they did and we all chipped in a bit and or even the floods in like Ballina were you affected by that no we got so so lucky yeah we know we weren't but then the community came from everywhere and just you know even our local community were making up like big parcels and then you know a couple of people were then doing the drive so it was like you could help from home that's how connected we all are Hmm. Mm, positive out of a negative yeah no no totally now we take a positive out of this one um global population at the moment like it's going through the roof with minimal resources on earth (laughs) and looking at ai and and the future of technology how does that make you feel i mean you've grown up with technology way more than i have so i get all freaked out by it all (laughs) (laughs) what's your take on it I don't know. Again, it's like such a big thing. I know. Where to start? Answer this. Yeah, I know. I know. Um, I need time to like prepare an essay to give you back, John John. Um, I don't even know where I stand on that. It's like... Well, it's out of control. Yeah. Yeah. The the things that I keep me up. Mm. And then, you know, it's like, what's the future for your kids and your grandkids and all that kind of stuff what's the world they're gonna live in yeah and like being like and yourself like someone that just is just completely like love nature and i feel like i love i would rather go backwards in time a bit i think we're through the sweet spot sort of thing and i do worry of the the future like what is you know i feel like mental health and the connection to nature sort of go hand in hand Mm, to some degree yeah definitely and the more that we kill the natural earth for our own shit you know tables and chairs or (laughs) the more that we kill the environment by eating meat (laughs) well this is true too this is true but we'll park that one no no but like that's a really interesting thing because and I get it and I'm not condoning like whatever um I think self like yeah. if you were to go and hunt and kill, mm. I think that there's some merit to that because yeah. someone is um, actually, you know, they're not. Anyway, there's a connection to the process. Yeah, and I think the further we get from the connection to the process, um, but then the like just agriculture in general, you know, like farming of, if you don't eat meat and you eat something else is going to be farmed anyway been hey? farmed yeah and everything that lived in that soil is dead because of the mm. whatever was growing there in yeah. place of it and it's just like it's like okay well fuck i'm just not going to eat mm. you know heard of those people that stare at the sun and believe that that's fueling your soul yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. what i'm doing because it's got the minimum i know print. i know it is crazy and i think like even being on the road it's actually felt so much better to know that besides our petrol we're totally off solar like that is even a good thing to know that you're just doing a tiny bit even though like damn petrol but it's nice to know you're fully off solar for once (laughs) yeah and and i get it and but the the unfortunate thing to that is as soon as you get on an airplane anywhere Mm. you've cooked the goose (laughs) yeah haven't you (laughs) you know and Mm. like people run around with their keep cups and think that they're doing the right thing and yet they're flying all over the world Mm. and it's sort of like well i know it looks good on instagram but the reality is <laughs> looks good and yeah i know i know it is crazy but look i don't know like you know you can't you've just got to live that's it and enjoy the day and mm-hmm. be positive and pay it forward as you say and that i think that's cool. where the power lies isn't it yeah and if you can pay it forward and make someone else's day it's just little things or give someone a wave at Winky. <laughs> give the blow-ins a wave at Winky. We want waves. <laughs> Pay it forward with a wave, with a free wave. <laughs> well, I, no, do you know the weird thing? I actually had this random thought that was like yesterday or the day before I was thinking. Because I've been like trying to reassess my own programming from being such a like, like fucking, you know, like, you know, like life... 
After 45 years. You don't give off that though. Like, no, I know, but like surfing around here, if you don't have an element of that, you're not getting a wave. Yeah. And so you can be as nice as the hills and then you go and sit out there and if you don't have a little bit of, um, I can't think of a better word than, I'm not going to say it. So you've got to have a little bit of not a nice dude in you to yeah. get a wave. And then that's that's a really ugly side of surfing. Yeah, it is. And We're not used to it. Like at home, I don't want to blow home though, but like we the lineup is like so polite. That's what we were saying to you. Like how do you live here with this many people in the surf? Like our mind is blown. Yeah, well, like, and I, and I haven't surfed Hawaii, but I have friends that go backwards and forth regularly, and they go, "There's more respect in the lineup in Hawaii than Whoa, there is here." Oh, yeah. And it's that blows my brain a little bit. Like, it is a melting pot, and it wasn't. I mean, the surf's always been pretty crowded here, but the, it's never been so many people compressed in this mm. area. And no, honestly, I'm not like all the time. I feel like I'm pretty happy-go-lucky, but occasionally I feel that I go to the darker side quite quickly. <laughs> you have to. I feel like, no, you don't, you don't have, have to, to, but I like, don't want to. And yeah. so the, the thing, what I was drawing on was I was thinking, imagine um, every surf I made it that I just had to give a wave away. Where I was in the box seat, I wanted to go and you turn to the guy next to you and go, you go, mate. Yeah. That you didn't think be... you're fucking crackers. No, that actually Freya got out the surf of Bell's Beach today and a guy that was getting every wave, he was an amazing surfer, um, he um, gave her a wave, like a bomb coming through and said, Freya, you have this wave. And she got out of the surf buzzing this afternoon. So there you go, John John, it makes people's day. Like he could have had this bomb again. He could have had his 10th bomb and he gave it away. So it's the orange board guy. The what? The guy with the orange board. Who was that? Like blonde hair and orange board Felipe, the singer, I think. Oh, who's Felipe, the singer? He's like a singer. It's like traveling. It's like a, muso it's like a big muso now and thank you felipe for giving freya away <laughs> so was he out you were there? talking to him was i he's on a mustard orange board where was i talking to him it bells today <laughs> did you introduce me to him no you introduced yourself to him and you were just having a chat how's he, he? Was, out, he was out of bells yeah but was he out of winky when you surfed no oh okay so i was confused i thought you meant your first surf Oh, no, Bell's surf with uh, you. Who was on the orange board? Mustard board. He's like long blonde hair. I didn't know he was a singer or anything. Yeah. yeah I was having a chat to him. I can't remember what I saw him about. No, he's, didn't you say you're in good, good songs? I was listening to them on the drive here or anything. No. <laughs> John, John. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, that should be a thing if you can give one wave away. I'm never at the start to give a wave away, but, like... <laughs> No, you got to get a couple under your belt to start. Yeah. yeah totally. Get your six pack and then they can have the yeah, seven. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah. It, yeah. Well, that's a nice take mm. from a world of take. Right? Mm. Yeah, definitely. Don't you feel that giving is more fulfilling than giving me giving you a present right now would be I would be buzzing compared to if you were receiving like and that's a theory for life no I know and I intellectually understand that I I've you know I'm reading uh, what am I reading at the moment I'm reading don't sweat the small things it's all small stuff and it's all small stuff <laughs> and I think that came up in one of the bits and I and I, it's a repetitive thing you know give 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 it's it's a it's a, um it's in, it's a philosophy of so many things, but yet I'm like, I don't know, but like it can be hard to implement sometimes. Yeah, definitely. Cause we, you know, you run around thinking, oh, I want this, I want that. And you get so trapped in your own like wants and needs out of life that sometimes you can forget to just turn around and give someone else a hand. Yeah. I, I think I spoke at about a little yeah. while ago like just random some dude I was doing this job and I can't remember what I was doing and someone just I didn't even know came and gave me a hand I was lifting something heavy that's so good and I was like oh you don't have to no you don't have to and he was like oh no i just help you out and I just I, I thought about it all day I was like fucking hell that was so nice or even another good one for you I remember visiting my grandpa when he was quite sick and he you know wasn't well enough to get out of bed it was his last couple of days and he when I walked into the room said 
you know, go into my cupboard right now. I have the perfect shirt for you. And I bring out this big vintage Hawaiian surf shirt. And, you know, like all he was thinking about when he could have been thinking about himself was, you know, like I have something to give to you. And that was amazing. That was so beautiful. (laughs) Everyone's like, when you can think about how is he thinking about giving? (laughs) Yeah. I think that's a nice way to shut it down. Molly, I want to say thank you so much for coming and sharing after I hounded you to come and share with me about your experiences because um, I think you're doing amazing things. Oh, like thanks, honestly, Julia. like um, I'm really inspired, and uh, you know I didn't think someone um, like you guys are quite deceiving. <laughs> you and Freya when I saw you on that trip, I was like, oh yeah, these guys are gonna be on there. And oh, I got a like... bit of a headache coming. <laughs> <laughs> to film to King Island oh, with me. Oh no, here we go. But it's amazing. Yeah, you guys really made me think about my own, you know, whatever I'm doing and like my own attitude. So thank mm. you. That's okay. No, thank you. Thanks for having us. Oh, uh, pleasure. All right. <laughs> I'm turning it off. Okay, well, there you have it. There was my chat with none other than Molly Langley. Molly. Freya, wherever you are out there in the wide world, thank you so much. Molly, legend. Freya, legend. Keep the good vibes going, you guys. Um, Now, wherever you are out there in the wide world, I hope this finds you smiling. And um, thank you so much for lending me ears. And remember, now remember, if um, you can think of someone else who might like this podcast, flick it onto them. You know, there's a wide range of different types of people that I've talked to, you know, um, which is, which is a, a part of the horse's mouth that I love. I, I try not, I don't want to fit into one genre. I want to talk to all types of people, you know, and not have it be just in one click. So I know it's confusing because obviously some people out there are going to, you know, people say to me all the time, oh, I really like that one. I'm not sure about that. But then other people say, I don't really like that. So it's, you just don't know who you're playing to. And that's just it. You know, I'm a mixed bag and I'm going to keep the horse's mouth a mixed bag full of different types and beautiful people doing different wild things and not so wild. Who knows? Um, anyway, look. I'll shut up. I'll let you get on with your day in life. Until next time, adios.